Hello, and welcome to the episode 22 of the Abbey Normal Podcast. Take your, three. Take three. Don't interrupt me. I am your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. And I am tired of this shit. I know. It's getting annoying sometimes. So, so what we're going to do, just to make things short and sweet, we're just going to talk about one thing and one thing only. Hubie Halloween. That's from Netflix. Yeah, it's... I think Adam Sandler's latest movie, right? Yes, and it's the... Since Uncut Gems. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's the worst, best movie out there. And it is a good Halloween special. I mean, we've watched it once. I feel like we should watch it a second time just to kind of get a better understanding of it. But from our first thoughts mm. on it or, you know... I I guess that's just what we're going to talk about today. But before we do, I just want to, you know, thank some newer listeners... We're going to thank some newer listeners that are from outside of the U.S. that I've noticed a lot lately. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I feel like it's since we started the spooky season stuff. So, I just want to thank our newer listeners from Australia, Germany, Italy, um, Sing- Singapore, and Canada. Good day. Ciao. A. And... Singapore. Mm-hmm. Oh. What? So I just wanted to thank you, newer listeners, for joining us, and thank you for taking the time to, you know, really listen to our podcast and show. Sorry. Oh, God. What's that? Oh. Anyway, on with the episode. We're going to be talking about Hubie Halloween, which is a new... Um, Netflix original Halloween movie that came out actually last week. Uh-huh. It's really good. When I think about it, I think of nostalgic. I think of throwback, especially to his early days. And when it comes to humor, uh, characters, casting of it, just his zany sense of humor. And also, um, when, when you hear his voice as Hubie. I think of Bobby Boucher from Waterboy. And I feel like he's definitely trying to bring that back as well. Mm-hmm. And I like it. I really... Because I'm a guy... I'm a sucker for nostalgic things. I've always had been. Especially when someone brings back something special like that. Yeah. I get a little um, choked up inside. Because well, it's because it's good. But not, not choked up, but definitely... I do. <laughs> he definitely brings a lot of references from his older success more successful movies i mean seriously and, when you hear the o'doyle kids oh my god yeah i almost forgot about those little fuckers yeah but no like my i think my most favorite references from his past movies is ben stiller's character as the orderly from happy gilmore i think that's hal val i think that's what his name was in the movie it's something like that but he's in the opening scene and when you see him you instantly recognize him especially if you are have seen Happy Gilmore about a hundred times like I have. Mm, and Me two million. And it's like, you know, uh, it's just so funny. And it, it, like I said, I got a bit excited when I saw it because I'm like, is that fucking Ben Stiller? I'm like, oh my god, that's Ben Stiller. Oh like, yeah, my mouth dropped when I saw his yeah. character because he still looks great. Like his character, mm-hmm. I know it's bleach and like, well, dye and stuff like that. Yeah. He dyed his hair and mustache. I feel like he still looks great, especially yeah. for bringing back that character. Yeah. 
I love the peace stained sheets from Waterboy. That was even made a reference appearance. Oh yeah, it was so funny when he dressed up as a ghost and you could see oh, yeah. the peace stains. He does his Halloween safety presentation at the local like high school or something. And someone said in the background, "Is that peace stains?" Are those peace stains? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. But those so are. Good. But there's a lot of good references, and then like, oh, what's her name? Sorry, I'm gonna. Take Julie that. Bowen. Julie Bowen. Yeah, she uh, played... She plays Claire Dunphy in Modern Family, and she played his love interest in Happy Gilmore as well. Well, I just want to let you know also um, who played... She plays a character named Violet Valentine mm-hmm. in Happy Gilmore. Her name starts with two initials are V's. V and her whole name is like... like uh, Her initials in Happy Gilmore is VV as well. Well, isn't his love interest in... Um, That's Vicky Valancourt. But it's still two V's. Yeah, so he's got something with two V's. I don't know. It's weird. That's interesting. Yeah. I gotta look into that, because there's gotta be a reasoning behind that, too. Maybe it's just coincidence, but I know he's always gotta have a reason for a backstory behind something. And, uh, I don't know, but it's pretty fucking funny. Though. And what he talked about too, he wants to even. He said this, and uh, I was trying to say this to you before, but I forgot. So he actually wanted to do a M. Sandler universe, Sandler universe, of all of well, his characters. And this is kind he, of the beginning. I, I was gonna say that's definitely one of them. I think the only difference he branched out from, especially compared to his past movies, is that he didn't go to typical places that he normally shoots, like. New York City or Hawaii or LA. Yeah. He chose a place like Salem, Massachusetts. Well, especially for the story, yeah. Which is fitting for the holiday narrative, but mm-hmm. it's a very different setting from what he normally um, shoots his movies in. Well, I gotta ask you this. Yeah. Who was your favorite character in the movie if you had to pick? Like, what My was. Favorite character? What was, like, character or actor that really striked you that really was so funny? Oh my god, they're all so freaking funny. But the one is, there's got to be one that really hits you the most. That was like, he's good. Like he, he, he or was she good. is. He or she or is good. Actress, like though. they're that good in the movie. I don't know. I mean, there's because here's the thing, in in a lot of Adam Sandler movies, especially a lot of the later ones, he gets a huge cast of people involved in it, and we even see Keenan Thompson in a smaller role. I mean, he yeah. plays a smaller role. But he's there, and you know, it's I, I not love like his it's, character in it. Yeah, yeah. I think the for me, and it's got a the one that stands out the most, and it's a weird one. But it's Shaquille O'Neal's character <laughs> as the radio host. Yeah, which is so funny how he can do his voice. Like I know it's special well, effects with the girl voice and everything. Well, no, it's but not yeah. special effects. It's like a different female voice, and yeah. he's just lip syncing over to when he when well that's what i'm saying yes mm-hmm. and then his his partner girlfriend is the girl from, from disjointed, disjointed. Yeah. i miss that show so much oh, i yeah. feel like that show could have definitely gotten a lot farther it if, was it was okay i mean it was yeah. good but it's just like i don't know i've seen funnier but yeah but it definitely tackled like the hubie halloween tackled a huge um topic too in terms of, like, the, the message itself. It's more of, like, an anti-bully movie. It is. Because Hubie Halloween, as you could probably... <coughs> Ew. As you can probably imagine, gets picked on heavily by the people of Salem, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. And the only two people who really stand by him and... It's Dewey Bowen's character, who just has a huge Bowen for him. <laughs> yeah, and his mom. 
Yeah. And that Walter guy. That Steve, There's a few. His, Steve Buscemi. Plays. Her children as well. Julie's uh, children in the movie as well. Yeah, actually. those are his kids though. I know, but in the movie they're not his kids. I know, but that's still... And that was another thing we talked about in one of our previous recordings. Because we... It's our third time recording this episode. But and it, it sucks. <laughs> and in the one of our previous recordings, I mentioned how much I admired that now that his kids are a little bit older, they're starting to take on more front role parts or roles where they kind of... Like, they're more than just cameo appearances, you know? Like, his wife is. Mm-hmm. His wife has always played, like, a minor character or a background character, like a waitress in a restaurant or... Which, in um, this one, she plays an anchor. Uh, yeah, she plays a news anchor where two of her other co-anchors are both. all dressed as, like, Harley Quinn from Suicide Squad. Yeah, like slutty Har- Harley Quinns. Yeah. You know, that's what usually the typical costume they've been going for for the, for the last couple of years. I know. And as much as I like the Harley Quinn character, I, I'm getting sick of watching other women and people dress up like her because exactly. i mean unless you're unless you're like a committed cosplayer and you're like committed to the role and mm. your costume and everything i applaud you for that but if you're just a girl looking for an excuse to dress up as a slutty villain <sighs> pick a different role model i'm just saying yeah pick, you know? some, pick another slutty role model that's... there's tons of badasses in history you don't need to pick the one that's fictional and um, what if they can do like Amelia Earhart as a slut? Nah. A slutty nah. Amelia Earhart? No, 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 no. no, no. Okay. Let's not do that. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> no, I mean, there's a lot of like villains out there who are not fictional and don't exude like some sort of Stockholm Syndrome example. So moving on from now, from moving on from that, I'm just glad to see that he's getting more of his family involved in more important roles instead of just being cameo, you know, appearances. Exactly. And, you know, not only with the uh, the old actors that he's had in all of his movies that come back and everything, but he's also got some new ones as well that have already hit big, like what, uh, the kid who plays Will Bowers in, um, in Stranger I Things. I thought it was Byers. Oh, it is Byers, right? Will yeah. Byers. He plays Will Byers in Stranger Things, the, the seasons. And he's really good in this movie, too. I mean, he plays a puny guy who... Yeah, and I'd say his role is not exactly... I don't want to say it's not important, because he definitely doesn't get a whole lot of screen time. But when he does, he plays that typical, like... And he shines. Anxious, like, teenager who you can clearly tell is not sexually active. Let's just call it that. Exactly. Not, not that it's anything to be ashamed of. I mean, he's played that character in Stranger Things, so it just kind of makes sense for they him to be They all do, there. because they're all, like, 12. Yeah, well, if he's not 12 anymore. He's probably, yeah. like, 15 or 16. Yeah. But, yeah. And but, that was yeah. one of the things, too, I actually liked. And it was it's not really, like, so much a scene in the movie, but it's, like, post-credits. And it's a little dedication to um, Cameron... What was his name? Oh, uh, he was the kid from the Descendants movies. Yeah, but he was also in Grown Ups 1 and 2. Yeah. And he played one of Adam Sandler's kids in I those movies. I forgot what his name was, but yeah, he, it really is sad. He had passed away last... I can't remember, earlier this year or late earlier last year? Earlier this year. And he passed away, and I know Adam Sandler was one of those actors who had worked with him who kind of took his loss a little bit hard. Mm-hmm. Cameron Boyce is his name. Yeah. So... 
you know, I'm glad that they, they did that little dedication for him. That was a really nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's just overall, it's a good movie. I, I mean, Colin, was there any other thoughts you wanted to put into it? Like, what was your favorite scene in uh. the movie? Or how about this? Why don't I ask you the question that you asked me? Which character stood out the best, like, the most for you, aside from Hubie being the most obvious? Oh, because he did really good in the movie. His character was so funny. Mm-hmm. And it was just, and he was that perfect hero, too. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if there wasn't really anything supernatural that went on mm-hmm. in the town. But it's still, he was there to protect everyone. Yeah. Um, I will say probably the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in the oh, movie. Oh, t- character. Character. Oh, let's, character. Let's stick with character. That was most Oh, uh, that's to hard, though, because there's a lot of them. Um... Maybe, maybe, just maybe. Oh, so hard. Um, I'm probably going to have to go with Kevin James. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I the, th- cop, I like- the cop was really funny. He never took his glasses off throughout the whole movie. Oh, yeah. And, that, was, that was something that you told me, too, well, that was right? Well, that was the thing, because they were trying to play on the, the I Wear Sunglasses at Night song by Corey Hart. And literally, yeah, Adam Sandler thought it would be funny if he just kept his sunglasses on throughout the whole movie, night and day. And literally at nighttime, um, he was saying, they were saying in interviews that Kevin James, like, he loved being on the set. He loved being with them. It's like going to summer camp every time he does an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. But the one thing he hated more than anything doing for the movie was wearing the damn sunglasses. And Adam kept telling, telling him to, hey... How about we do this for this scene? At nighttime, you drive with your sunglasses on. And the thing was, these sunglasses are real. They're not fake. And he's like, I can't fucking do that. Like, I love how, like, when you first told me that story, too, you were, you were explaining the conversation. You're like, you know, apparently Kevin James had said that he was, you know, scared about wearing the sunglasses while driving at night and yeah and he asks he's like you know maybe i should take these off for you know safety purposes and adam's like but what if we did this and we had you going driving this way at this many miles per hour and he's like what are you talking about yeah like and literally kevin said he's like i'm not doing that again wearing sunglasses at night and literally while he's running around too wearing sunglasses Mm -hmm. he didn't know where he was going Oh, man. And literally, he was so confused. And, like, I mean, I'm just glad he didn't get hurt making the movie. Yeah, but you could definitely tell in, like, you know, the um, rolling credits. Because during, during like, the... I don't want to call them cue cards, but during, like, the... The outtakes. Yeah, there's outtakes that played during the credits in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And you can clearly tell that, like, the people who were participating and helping making and performing in the movie, they all had a good time being on set. Oh, and yeah. working with Adam Sandler. So it's nice to see that when actors and actresses and cast and crew members, like when they're all enjoying their job and you get like a good performance out of it, that's really what makes the job worth working for. Exactly. Can you not pick your feet on my chair, please? First of all, it's my chair and I'll do what I want. Anyway, so, and also the thing was, they were trying to take things from horror movies as well kind of like uh yeah there's a lot of like horror movie tropes yeah tropes or little tributes like uh it's not yeah it's not yeah the wolfman um where the guy was wearing the pig mask which he was kind of like when he left the the uh, the insane asylum 
yeah, and he yeah, wore the yeah. pig mask. It was kind of like pulling off like a little bit of like a um, an homage, uh, homage, o- homage to to Halloween. Wasn't there another '80s movie though that had like a pig mask or something like that? We were just watching it in the uh, in the documentary earlier today. Yeah, the In Search of Darkness, the '80s documentary. Yeah. Are you talking about Motel Hell? Yes. Which they, I don't really think they were trying to do anything with Motel Hell. Okay. Because I, I feel like most of them don't even know what that movie is. Well. Well, they grew up in the '80s. A lot of those actors yeah. did, but and 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 then that's another thing too with Adam Sandler's movies. I mentioned in another recording, but Adam Sandler's movies, and I think that's it's not only the thing that I like; it's something that my mom really enjoys about his movies. But it's the '80s rock ballad soundtrack that it's he the always '80s soundtrack he puts in his movies. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, come on, you can't be okay. I'm not. I'm not bashing old people, but you can't be that old having lived through the 80s and not know what Motel Hell is. Well, okay. Well, maybe they... Well, I don't know. Maybe they just don't talk about it. I don't know. But anyway, I digress. But the thing was, I was super happy with the soundtrack of this because they did something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. They even had the horror... The horror psychobilly punk band Necromantics in the movie. Which I have no idea who they are. They're they're kind of... Well, they're when... You know, Grease Creepers... (laughs) uh, Ryan's a huge fan of them. Ryan's worked with them and stuff like that and Mm -hmm. helped fix their gear. And they're one hell of a band. They're actually from um, uh, Romania. They're from Ooh. they're from Romania and they're a really good psychobilly band. I definitely go check them out, guys, because they're really really good and they're great for this time of the year. Mm-hmm. And they had a song called "Trick or Tr- uh, Trick or Treat" in the movie. Oh, okay. And uh, and it's uh, it was so cool to hear him play that song in the movie. And it's just I I don't know I just couldn't imagine Adam being like you know like enjoying necromantics or something. So I thought that was cool that he actually. Put them in the movie, and I definitely give him big creds for that one. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't you don't usually see necromantics in a movie, mm-hmm. so I think that was the only one I've seen them in. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, that was a good one. So and then now, wait. I was gonna say, what do you think of Steve Buscemi in the movie with Adam with Rob thought, Schneider? Well, yeah. See, that's the thing about Steve Buscemi's character was that I wasn't hundred percent sold on is like because. Just to kind of break down what happens in the movie, in the beginning, like I mentioned, Ben Stiller's character gets re- you know brought back from Happy Gilmore into Happy Halloween. He goes to check on a prisoner, and he finds that he's escaped, and he's escaped from a mental institution. You know, so um, the word gets out that this guy's you know running around, and um. You know, everybody get, everybody's getting ready for Halloween, and they think the only people who really know about this guy's escape plan was the people at the facility and, and Kevin James. And Kevin James, yeah. because they, they were the only two people who knew anything about this. And plus, didn't he, and, like, had him uh, put in there, Kevin James's yeah, character? Yeah, I guess, I guess in his past, Kevin James's character had testified against him and had and his testimony is what put the guy away. And it was funny, he said I wasn't afraid to see him if I ever see him again. And Which I don't think they ever showed him, do they? No, they do. Yeah. Well it's not Steve Buscemi, right? No well no Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider's character was the guy he put away? Yeah. 
That's huh. that's Richard or whatever they called him. Oh, that's interesting because he seemed like a totally chill dude at the end of the movie. Oh well, yeah, but that was the whole point. But I guess <laughs> Kevin James, he's a big baby, so his character is a big baby. Well, also, yeah. So also kind of a douche. So when you when you see Walter, who's Steve Buscemi's Steve character. He's this new guy who moves next door from Hubie's house, and he yeah. lets him know. He's like, oh, if you hear any weird sounds, you know, you don't have to come over and check on me. I'll be all right. It's just, you know, whatever, noise or something. <laughs> so this becomes Hubie's fixation through almost throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And he believes that all these people who are disappearing around him are the works of Walter being a werewolf, which is not true. Walter just thinks he's a werewolf because he's clinically insane. Mm-hmm. And is putting up in this mental facility with Rob Schneider's character. So, when all is said and done, and they find out who the real person is who's abducting all these people who... And they're all people who have essentially picked on Hubie throughout his whole life. Mm-hmm. And it's Ray Liotta's character. It's basically um, the whole town, hon. Yeah, well, not the whole town. Just four distinctive people from this movie. But let me see if I can figure out the names. Oh my God. So Ray Liotta. Tim Meadows. Ray Liotta plays Mr. L- Landolfa. Tim Meadows plays Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lester Hennessy. Maya Rudolph plays his wife. Mrs. Mary Hennessy. And what's his face? Karen Bur- I'm going to butcher it. I'm sorry. The queen of butchering. Karan Rare plays De- Deli Mike. Yeah, Deli Mike is just his name. <laughs> I'm like, the fuck? What kind anyway, of name is that? <laughs> I don't know, but it's just so silly. And I'm like, the- so these four people essentially got kidnapped by Hubie's mom, who is played by... Sorry, give me a minute. Oh my God, she's insane. She is insane. And no, I, I'm talking about you, Dick. <laughs> June Squibb, who, if I remember correctly, was in. Oh wow! Look at these movies. Oh, she's in Palm Springs. She was in Mooseport. <laughs> anyway, that's not the movie I'm looking for. She was in a few movies. Wow, she's in actually a lot of movies. Yeah, I don't think she's in the Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, okay. no. Yeah, never mind. I'm thinking of a different woman then. She was in Toy I, Story Four. Apparently, I thought I thought June Squibb was in Grandma's Boy, which is no kind of an Adam Sandler movie, but not directly. I guess it's from his company. Yeah, it's the same production. He's not in it though. Like, it doesn't star Adam Sandler, and it's not, like, an Adam Sandler character. But I digress. So, June Squibb plays Hubie's mom, and she essentially is the one who kidnaps all the people who have picked on Hubie and plans to kill them and run away, Mm. which Hubie stops her from doing and eventually saves their lives and thus makes them a hero. Well, because even though he gets picked on more than anything, he's still going to help them and stop, you know, not have his mom kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, because he has a good heart. Yeah. 
I like some of like the montage scenes too of like all the times that Hubie gets scared of stuff. Yeah. And like like remember the um I think it was a montage that um Deli Mike even his him and his friend are at that party that Hubie crashes because mm-hmm. he's looking for um he's looking for somebody I can't remember if I'm getting this scene right but he shows up and everybody notices and they start to pick on him and Mike comes up with this idea like hey I'm gonna scare him and his friend like well does this guy scare easily and they qu- cut to a scene montage of all these moments where he has scared the crap out of Hubie at work. Mm-hmm. And they're funny as fuck. Especially with him on the toilet seat. Was, that was oh, too yeah. funny. Big time. And I love, too, that even though that Hubie stereotypically looks, sounds, and acts like a dopey character, he is still quick-witted to make those really hilarious clapbacks, like, with his mom. <laughs> and, like, in people in general, is funny as fuck. Oh, yeah. I love the one where he keeps going to... Uh, Kevin James's character in the office and trying to like tell different <gasps> that montage? things. Yeah, because Hubie always has this. Um, I'm trying to remember the one where he had the eye patch. He was like, "She's she's been like this for years." Where it's all like that. Jenny from the library hasn't been the same in two weeks. Like, oh no, he said in years, not in two weeks. Yeah, some some odd years, but well, it's just this montage. Where's that from? But it's just this montage of all these different scenes where Hubie busts into Kevin James's office and he's like comes up with these weird elaborate statements that he thinks are worth police time to investigate. And I'm like, dude. And then Keenan has such a hard time of having him go past him. And he's just like, I can't help it. He's just so quick. You know who I was surprised to see in the movie? Who? Lavelle Crawford. He was the guy who owned the pig that got slaughtered in the beginning. Remember? Oh, the, the girl. Yeah, the woman. No, that's not Lavelle Crawford. The wife, right? The one with the pig being like, we're going to eat uh, yeah. blah blah tonight or whatever. He played that woman's husband. Uh-huh. Like, peanut did. Like, we're going to yeah. eat peanut tonight. Oh, like, I, lo- I love her, though. She's great. <laughs> but who's Lavelle Crawford? He's a stand-up comedian. He's a really funny dude. I remember him from being one of the co-hosts on Chelsea Lately, back when she had her own show on the Entertainment Channel. Yeah. Way late at night, but that's besides the point. He's a really funny dude, and he's he's got some pretty funny, um, you know... What was the pig's name again? Peanut. Peanut? We're going to eat peanut tonight. <laughs> peanut did. We're going to eat peanut tonight. And I'm like, Whoa. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. Yeah, well, shit got real there. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially I, when they're back at the police station talking about it, and him and his wife are going back and forth. I'm thinking about watching it tonight. Like, you want to rewatch it? Yeah, can we rewatch it? Oh, my God, I, we're going to watch it again. Yeah, we're going to rewatch it tonight, folks. So, yeah, I think you'll... Well, this is probably going to be my fourth or fifth time watching it. Your fourth and fifth time watching it? Mm-hmm. I, this would be my second time watching it. I've only watched it once. Oh, rookie. Whatever. I've been too busy watching some other stuff, okay? No, okay. No, but I do love this very much, though. It's so funny. Yeah. I I know people like to give a shit, especially my friends. Like, uh, uh, my buddy Mike made such a post about this. He was just like, I I was not happy. And literally, his wife was just like, why do you keep killing yourself watching this? Why do you keep doing this to yourself? And it was so funny. Oh, you know what was funny? Yeah. You were talking. You were mentioning earlier. You wanted to talk about favorite scenes. Did we already go over those? Um, I don't know if we 
did not yet. Um, well, so, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's a few. I will say the one where he's being the um, the spokesperson as a ghost. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, another one is where they're in the um, the museum for the That's Salem. That's my favorite. And that whole moment in the yeah. Salem Witch Trial Museum. And he was like, he was like, favorite. she was she was very brave. Yeah, a little too brave. Yeah, so, so the scene that Colin is talking about. So Vicky, is it no? It's not Vicky. Violet. <laughs> Violet Valentine is chaperoning her daughter's Salem trip to the museum of the witch trials. Apparently, Hubie. What's his name? Hubie Dubois? Yeah, Hubie Dubois. Basically, he's French. So, yeah. So, Hubie Dubois comes from a long line of, you know, ancestors who originated in Salem during the witch trials. That and get messed with. So, Mm -hmm. his, like, sixth great-grandmother apparently spoke out against the offenders and said, you know, witches don't exist. There's nothing to be afraid of. And she was essentially labeled a witch herself and was strung up. Yeah. Like the rest of the victims. Like, uh... And he... I'm trying to remember exactly how the, the scene goes, but... Comparing to Dangling Dave or something like that. Because he... He's telling... He's telling Violet about the history. Like, you know, my great, 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 great grandmother spoke out against... It was the only one who spoke out against the... Uh, you know, the the townspeople and said, you know, there's no such thing as witches. There's nothing to be afraid about. And Violet's like, wow, she's so brave. And he's like, yeah, a little too brave. They they claim, they labeled her as a witch and she ended up like that poor, uh, she's like, she ended up hung like, like that. that guy. Poor, unfortunate, da- Dang- poor, unfortunate dangling Dave. Dave. Yeah. I'm, Get your words out, lady. I'm sorry. Okay, I I can't. Okay, I don't have time to like look up the direct conversations that he had from this movie. Yeah, poor Daniel Dave. But that whole scene is just so fucking funny. It was it was fucking and great. Not, I enjoyed it. And not only that, but there's one particular character who shows up in that scene who is essentially an homage to the Amish woman from Billy Madison. Yeah. When they go to the farm. Like, if peeing your pants um, is cool, consider yeah. me Miles Davis. Yeah. Which, that was so fucking funny. Oh my god, the fucking thermos. Let's talk about the thermostat. Or, not thermostat. The thermos is actually the one that saves everything. And I saw a meme today where, um, if there was a, if there was a zombie invasion, what weapon would you choose of your choice? And the meme is Hubie with his little thermos oh my god and i'm like that that would be the zombie invasion choice of weapon Mm -hmm. i I would do that so yeah so i think my my i mean yeah my like i said my favorite scene throughout that whole movie is that scene in the uh salem witch trial museum so that's that's my essentially favorite one so i mean as much as i love the references and i loved a lot of stuff about it i fear though that you know the the references from his past movies are going to be like the thing that ruins it for a lot of people and him cuz this is the thing like you know Colin and I are huge fans of Adam Sandler's movies and we love his work and I even you know I'm probably one of like the 0.000001% that actually enjoy Jack and Jill but that's just me and 
you know, like, I, I'd hate for this movie to get, like, that bad of a review, but I'm, I'm looking at the reviews right now online. So on IMDb, it got a 5.2 out of 10. And Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 46%, 46%, but that doesn't matter because we don't like Rotten Tomatoes. And I just, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel sad that this movie got, like, you know... This this one got such shit reviews. I mean, yeah. I liked it overall. I thought I it was a really it good too. movie. I feel like yeah. people should give it a little more credit. I mean, this is what Adam Sandler's humor is like. And people are acting like, oh, this is the worst thing in the world. No, there's worse movies than Hubie. Oh, yeah. You know, come on. I mean, honestly, I mean, if you ever watch some of the worst comedies of all time, like, mm. so much worse than... Well, Jack and Jill's pretty fucking bad. Um, I was about to say, Death the Smoochie with uh, um, Edward Norton and uh, friggin' uh, Robin Williams. I mean, that that movie's ridiculous and totally nonsense. And um, Zoolander. I love Zoolander, but oh, that's shoot. a ridiculous movie as well. I'm just reading something, actually. I mean, talk about breaking <laughs> news right now, but... Um, I just came across this article on the New York Post. Boston News anchor fired for cameo in Adam Sandler's Hubie Halloween. What? Yeah, so this was posted today at 8.35 a.m. But a Boston News anchor was fired for appearing in Adam Sandler's new Halloween movie, a cameo that inadvertently violated her contract. Elena Pinto, a former... A former morning anchor for WHDW announced Thursday she would no longer be on the air for the station after her appearance in Sandler's Hubie Halloween flick, oh which my was God. released on Netflix earlier this month. I mean, they that, know that? Like, did Adam and them, like, not know this? I don't think it really... I mean, it. here's the thing. I'm sure she was paid. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. But, what, man, I guess I mean, Adam ruined her life. <laughs> I don't want... Well, let's not go there. Because technically, if he if he paid for her to act in the movie and perform in it, then she's a paid... Like, she's a paid actress. Well, I guess she's all set then. But if it violates her contract with the news station that she works for, that she couldn't be representing herself as an anchor woman, you know, and still be affiliated... Because, like, here's the thing. When you're when you're a public figure in the eyes of your community and the you know the station or company that you represent, you have to set up some sort of a good moral image. And I feel like if it if it wasn't the fact that she took up a role in this movie and presented herself in it, mm-hmm. just her being in it alone, but it could also contribute to the fact that the way she was dressed. Like we mentioned earlier, Adam Sandler's wife, along with two other co-anchors that were I guess she was one of them, right? Yeah, she was one of them. She was the girl behind the desk. Oh, wow. I'm like, wow. I know. That's insane. So, I mean, that's pretty... I mean, it's interesting news. I wouldn't say that's pretty cool news, but it's pretty interesting news to hear in the aftermath of that movie. So... I feel like my personal rating, though, out of five stars, I would give this a 4.5. I give it a 4.5 also. Yeah. I think we both can agree on that because even though <laughs> this movie's corny and we all knew that it was going to be corny to begin with, mm-hmm. 
and I knew this movie was purposely going to be bad, I think that's why I like this movie, because it wants to be bad. It wants to not be the best, and it wants to show where every other movie is show they want to show perfection and show yeah. that they could be the best movie. This one can make fun of itself and still be quirky. I think your point is, is that, excuse me. I think your point is is that because they weren't trying to make it the perfect movie, they had a, they were able to have a lot of fun with it and not worry so much about how good it was. Like just be yourself while still playing the role that you're given. You know, like have a little fun with your role. And I think that inspires me to do things like that. Just don't over try to overdo it or think you're the best. Just go and just have fun with it. Exactly. You know? But I think other than that, I mean, are you all set with this movie? Yeah, I, th- I feel like we, it was a good movie, and I feel like we've covered pretty much a good portion of it. And yeah, I feel like that concludes our Epis- topic. Yeah, our episode. Our topic of discussion. Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to say before we sign off? Uh, not really. Other than you know, thank you all for listening. Yeah, and if you feel so inclined to follow us on Instagram, we are on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We have the Facebook page still up and running. You can find those all under the Abby Normal Podcast name. Mm-hmm. And if you still feel inclined, like if you still feel generous enough to give us a good rating on iTunes Podcasts or any other like streaming platform that allows you to rate or leave nice comments for our show, that would, you know, help us a lot. And yeah, I feel like that concludes my my segment and also and also i like to say something real fast before i before we uh you know kind of sign off here sorry i was trying to find that word i I got a brain fart but um but i like to give a big shout out to my my buddy mike jacobs who's been a close friend of mine for almost 10 years who's Mm -hmm. actually my best man for the wedding and he was the one that actually does not like hubie halloween (gasps) more than anything he was the one that i told you about during our story here who does not like the movie whatsoever. Oh, that's a shame. And literally, I wanted to give a big shout out to him. Wish him a happy birthday. And I will see you tomorrow. I hope it will be the best. And also, I know it will well, be the best because well, it's a Halloween birthday party. Well, by the time we upload this episode, it will be yeah tomorrow morning. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I know, and I'll actually be discussing Hubie Halloween with him. I feel like I will be at the party. So that will be... No, ex- you'll be like, hey... And he gave you a little shout out on our episode. Yeah. And so be like, which one? Our Hubie <laughs> our, Halloween our, discussion. Our thoughts, our thoughts on Hubie Halloween. <laughs> which we made a whole episode about. But yeah, but no, but I... And but, it's all for you. Yes. And all for you, Mikey. This is all for you, Mikey. And I love yes. you. I love you, man. And you have a great birthday. I'll see you tomorrow. So... Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, this has been the episode of the Abby Normal Podcast, episode 22 I'm your host, Colin. And I am Leah. Signing off saying... Is that... How does he go? <laughs> Wait, I was like... You got a dog. dog Mr. Lambert? You got a big dog, Mr. Lambert? Have a good night, everyone.